You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Picture, if you will, the city of Cleveland and the fans of the Cleveland Browns around the world. High from the unlikely triumph in Baltimore just days earlier. But in the aftermath of triumph, a chilling yet familiar setter haunts the Browns. A tale of quarterback woes that once again smashes the optimism that those fans cling on to most. Today, we step into the tumultuous realm of the Cleveland Browns, where elation collides with adversity and the shadows of misfortune lengthen even after the sweet taste of success. Welcome to a podcast where the boundaries between elation and agony blur, and we examine how events unfold in ways even the most ardent fans couldn't believe. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Gonna get him, and he knocks the ball. It's caught by Donovan Peoples Jones. Touchdown! He got it. He just jumped. He's to the 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown! Wow, what a struggle. The way it should be, I guess. Yeah, something a little different for you this Friday evening. Uh, stupidly enough, it, that was all inspired by my trip to Disneyland Paris. But hey, some positive news, folks. All three of us are in the same recording at the same time. I'm Josh Ember, joined by Sean Blundell and Owen Jones. Chaps, feels like forever, doesn't it, since we've all come together? Let's start with the positives there. Uh, Sean, how are you doing, mate? If uh, if no one's watching the uh, the video version... Sean's doing the whole November thing, and his beard is already just full. Like he doesn't, he he can yeah. shave. Uh, like he's completed it already. I'll go for the gel batonio look, mate. I've got the body type as well, so I won't get myself uh, trained up to get on the offensive line. We could do with a couple of guards as backup, couldn't we? So yeah, maybe that's uh, that's my calling card, man. <clears throat> Absolutely, a, a wine, probably a little bit more patchwork, maybe. Yeah, to get on to Sean's level, but. Uh, you're definitely looking a little bit more full than me in terms of the whole November vibe. Are you doing that at all, or no? This is just not bothering to shave. It's just um, you. But <laughs> but now that I've seen Sean looking like that, then I'm gonna have to put some effort in for the rest of the month. Um, I'm not gonna be able to grow what he can grow, but I'm gonna have to have to add some style points to it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, I I I shaved mine completely off about a week ago. I ended up completely failing, but uh, I'm looking to grow it back. Anyway, that's enough of the small talk. Let's get into it. First of all, Spencer, thank you very much uh, for that. I hope that uh, that brought back some memories. If uh, if if you haven't watched the Twilight Zone before and you listen to this podcast, thinking what earth just happened there? Sixty show, really really great television. Definitely recommend. Um, it's felt like that this week, if we're quite honest. Um, as as you you both in the uh, in the podcast on Monday, um, you know, uh, discussed. You know, obviously the highs of the highs against Baltimore, winning despite not having a single um, a single second in the lead, coming back and just showing that fight. Deshaun Watson being lights out in that second half, fourteen of fourteen. Playing like the quarterback that we actually wanted him to actually look like, and he did it with a broken bone in his shoulder. And apparently, he wanted to carry on. The doctors said no. Hey, if he's throwing better with a broken shoulder, then let's get two years out of him. <laughs> but uh, that's probably a little selfish. Um, a B and the rest of the team probably don't want that either. Um, I mean, I know that we've discussed it in the past where you know, because you look at this not just from the angle of, you know, your starting quarterback goes down, you look at it as, you know, the player that you brought in and all the emotions behind that and the conflicting 
you know the conflicting thoughts of that as well we've we've even said on this podcast a few times and i've been guilty of it you know hope that he that he balls out for us but you know from a personal level you know if if the backup came in and balled out you know due to injury would i be necessarily upset etc i guess we're going to find out aren't we chaps it's almost best case scenario now that there is a controversy. I'd look, I don't think it's going to get to that. I think it's a shame, really, because obviously what you wanted out of this season, as much as you want success, is you were hoping to get the first signs of that trade being successful. That trade was made with long-term thought and long-term implication. And ultimately, it doesn't feel like we've got anywhere with it this year. We've had, you know, a dodgy start to the season, potentially some reasons behind that in terms of the weather on the opening day, then obviously everything that happened in the first Pittsburgh game. Good signs then against the Titans, and you thought, hello, something's clicked. Then obviously we've had the whole injury saga. He's been away, um, rushed back, looked awful in that game when he did rush back, then obviously looked better when he did come back the second time. And as you say, there's no doubt about it, it was by far his best second half. Um, as a Cleveland Brown by an absolute country mile. Me and Owen spoke about it the other day. Not necessarily the flashy throws, but it was the command of the offence. It was taking the right decisions. It was scrambling with his legs when he needed to. It was looking like when the game was on the line that he was the guy that was going to go and win the game. And ultimately, that's all you want from your quarterback. So it's a shame that it's come to an end in this way. You'd have liked to have had another you know, six or seven games of, of just evaluating where that was going as much as anything else. He Obviously, you would feel, Gabe, you a better chance of winning these games. I don't think it's season over far from it, and we'll touch on that. I think we're all still quite optimistic amongst the three of us on here, um, and we'll get into the reasons why we probably think that. Um, but, yeah, just a real shame. Obviously, it was a real gut punch after such a high of the weekend, you know, and obviously fully expecting... You know, that he would be back out there. Um, worst case scenario, maybe he'd miss another week or two with the ankle. But obviously, to have a season-ending injury was a bit of a shock when the news started filtering through on, uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday, wasn't it, I think, when it started filtering yeah. through. Yeah, which obviously that's a shock because you're there. I mean, Owen, I think that it was you that said, you know, check your... Checking notifications on the Wednesday, you know, it's midday, probably one o'clock on Wednesday. You're there thinking all good. There was, it was the ankle sprain that we were expecting to hear news from on, uh, on Wednesday. Definitely nothing with the shoulder, but this, um, you know, you look at, you look at the Browns now and you look beyond um, just to Sean Watson as well. You look at, both tackles, one out for the season, the other um, for, you know, at least four weeks. Uh, you've got your main running back, you know, your world-class MVP caliber running back gone. You've got your 260-odd million pound quarter, uh, dollar quarterback gone as well, you know. But yet, you look at the league and I'm hinting onto something that I'll come on to in a second that we've just got through as breaking news, but the NFL is seemingly getting injured left and right, no matter as to which team or which player it is, apart from the Steelers at the moment. Yeah, it was, you know, me and Sean had already done the podcast on Monday um, and we were on a real high, if we were being honest, like, after watching the game Sunday, that there could be nothing really to point to with any negativity at all. Um, and yeah, on on Wednesday, I think it was one thing I did find weird from Monday and Tuesday was that we'd not really heard anything about the MRIs, which we normally hear quite quickly when there's nothing wrong. So I kind of thought that was a little bit weird. Didn't take too much notice of it. And then on Wednesday. Um, like I said, probably about a quarter of an hour before um, the Browns tweeted out, they heard a couple of um, whispers. There was some rather large news coming. Um, and then the closer we got to yeah, that... Don't announced... give up your sources, mate. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, the closer we got to that announcement, it, it went from, I think, speculating that there could be like some extension on the way. I was thinking potentially Grant Delpit or... Um, 
you know, Stefanski, Andrew Berry, something along that line, um, just to keep the positivity flowing throughout the week. And then the closer we got to that announcement, then um, I kind of heard heard what the what the news was, and yeah, it was kind of like buckle up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, up. exactly, and yeah, yeah it's a t- it, exactly. I felt the same way. It's, it's been real, like mixture of emotions for me, like this week regarding the news. Um, when it first hit, it was almost like, "Wow!" Like we were in such a good position, and now the season season's kind of over, which was what the initial reaction was. But like you said, that when he doesn't play, I almost feel like I could connect a little bit more with the team. Not that I can't when he is playing, but when he's not, I feel like I can connect with every part of the team a little bit better than, than what I can when he's in. So yeah. although You punched the air a little more when PJ Walker yeah. was winning the game, for example. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's a completely different watch, isn't it? Like when, when you're watching PJ Walker, you're not expecting a great deal. You're fending off everyone that's sort of angry that he's not playing like yeah like yeah and whereas with Watson it's a case of relief almost yeah and seeing as to what he can do yeah exactly like, we're almost over analyzing it and not focusing yeah. on the game but on a human level you can sort of, or I can sort of root for for those those players a little bit more than what I can Watson so you know a few days removed from the situation like I feel really hopeful. I feel excited um, that we get to see DTR now for hopefully for an extended period of time and see what he can do. And yeah, that, you know, the chances of us winning the Super Bowl, chances of winning division, chances of being a playoff team have taken a significant beating. There's no beating around the bush. Like, that's just the reality. Absolutely. Although we're going to be really positive about it on this podcast, that is the reality of the situation. But there's a lot of things to be excited and positive about. There's a lot of opportunity for this team and for DTR in particular to, to you know, raise his value, to raise the value of this team, and and to show, you know, that he belongs in the league. And and you know, going forward, if he can do that, then it's perhaps an even better scenario for the Browns than than what it would have been if Watson just played okay for the rest of the season. So there is still a lot to be positive about, in my opinion. Yeah, like you say, there's been there's been a roller coaster of emotions as well. You know, when you just look at it, um, um, I mean, I've just got a low down here of the high and low points throughout the year. You know, Bengals, you're on a high. Then Pittsburgh, you got the Chubb injury, which is a low, and then Tennessee, which is a high. And then, you know, Watson and uh, you know going out in DTR, having like a morning to prep for that Ravens game, a low. And then the 49ers, you're on a high, and then you know you're on a low with um, the with uh, Watson against the Colts and but then you're on a high because we were able to somehow come away with that game and then you're on a low against the Seahawks and then a high against Arizona and the Ravens and then you know you got this now so it's just a constant constant seesaw here but um like you say there is that that there is that potential for you know ex- excitement in terms of looking at it's something which I know Sean you've said quite a few times um, especially when we've had our constructive discussions, let's call them, about whether or not to bring in a QB2, for example. You know, saying that, you know, if DTR has time to actually prepare, then, you know, there, there could be something there. It's the fact that he's not been given the time and, you know, the reps and the ability to bond with the receivers like he probably would have had for his preseason games, you know. And then you look at you look at some stories, um, uh, th- there's two things that stand out to me. One is Nick Foles being able to get the Eagles over the line in the Super Bowl. That's po- probably far fetched. That's way too far fetched, you know, at this at this stage. But it's a story that exists in the NFL that's fairly recent. And then also um, when talking about offensive efficiency, not getting you um, to uh, you know late in the season, uh, the final Manning. Super Bowl for the Broncos, they actually had a worse uh, offensive efficiency than we currently do. Um, they had a minus point uh, two, whereas we are on a minus point one five uh, at the moment, which is interesting. You know, 
I mean, are, are you excited by by the opportunity of it at least now that you know you've had a few days of uh, being able to to chip away at the news? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a great opportunity for the for the youngster to come in and, and hopefully make a splash. You know, he was very much the talk of the town in the off season. You know, in terms of what he was able to produce during the pre season games, um, and I just thought he was put into an absolutely awful position um back in week what was it week four um when obviously mm. the news broke to show not playing to to sort of have that announced on you literally 10 30 and the game's kicking off at 1 p.m there was no time for for anybody um to react i think the game plan you could tell was designed around watson played it wasn't designed for dtr he would have been nervous as hell. It was a huge game yeah. as well. It wasn't exactly like it against was a brilliant defense. The Cardinals or exactly everything that could have gone wrong. Um, everybody seems to forget since that game, he's actually came in and he's completed a hundred percent of his passes since then. He was one for one against the Seahawks. I um, was going. I was going to say, how many passes was it? Uh, he went for nine yards, one one for one on a shovel pass. But you know, that was that. Um, yeah. But I think the the thing that's interesting with this conversation, of course, is. You're looking at what the Browns' offense might be with Watson, and we saw glimpses mm. of that on on Sunday. If that's the offense that we're losing in terms of what it might be, then obviously it's a massive disappointment. It's a big downgrade. I think where the excitement comes in from is it's not like we've been this offensive juggernaut anyway. It's yeah. not like we've all of a sudden got to get the guy coming in and he's got to start throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns and spraying it all around the field. You know, we've been efficient at best on offense at times and only at times. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that what we need to now happen is there needs to be more stellar play from the defence. We're going to need more good field position given to us by the special teams. It's not to say that this team still can't win. There is still an awful lot of talent on this team. I would be surprised if the kid doesn't play well this weekend. I think Kevin Stefanski will dial up a really good game plan for him. Um, you know, again, it's against a tough defence. You know, let's not all of a sudden think he's going to come in and absolutely light it up. But on the flip side of that, you know, I'd be surprised if he's the reason that we don't win the game, if, that we lose the game, if we so lose the game, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see him. I I just don't see what value we get from bringing anybody in. I don't even know if we're going to bother discussing it because it sort of feels like the conversation we had two or three weeks ago, but now you haven't even got the trade deadline to help you. You know, there yeah. may have been viable options if you wanted to give up capital. Now you're talking about Joe Flacco coming in for a workout. Well, I'm sorry. I think we'll I don't see want to someone come in. Joe Flacco. I, no, but I don't think that'll be the reason anyway. It looks like they're bringing someone in for the practice squad. Um, and, and that's fine. And that's fine. I've got no issue with that. But like I say, so, you know, there's still certain people out there that are quite thinking around, you know, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, yeah. who apparently I missed that he ended up on the Rams somehow. So that was a strange one. Yeah, that uh, was a couple of weeks back, I think. Maybe even longer. Yeah. Yeah, but people thinking of those kind of guys. Well, for me, been there, done it, got the T-shirt, know what the T-shirt says. I mentioned in our chat earlier, you know, Brock Purdy came in at a similar time last year for the 49ers. And everybody thought, well, that's the season over. And Brock Purdy went on to win all of his regular season starts. And the only game he lost was the one that he got knocked out of in the conference championship. Now, they may well have lost that game anyway. We'll obviously ultimately never, ever know. Um, you know, But he was good enough that he actually won the starting job this year. He was good enough that they gave up on Trailands, who they'd given the farm away for to go and get him. So there is precedent there that these guys that you're not expecting can come in and do the job. I don't think it'll create the controversy because I think, like I say, whatever happens, unless we go in and win the Super Bowl, and then I don't see how you you, you go back then. But I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. Um, but he's got seven weeks to build my hopes up, so fingers crossed. Yeah, I just go back to a conversation that we all had in August where Owen was beating the drum for this situation. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's mad that it's this situation. I, d I don't think that... Uh, Part of me hopes that you weren't serious um, because I would then be concerned about the powers that you have. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a terrible stretch of the schedule to go. Um, yesterday, uh, and news that has just come through from now, of which I'll just announce, Joe Burrow is out for the season for the Bengals, which means that Jake Browning is now the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Um, you know, so that has suddenly become winner. And the AFC North has become considerably weaker. Mark Andrews is out for the season for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is potentially on one leg. Um, we don't know what the results of any tests or if any tests have actually been run as of yet. Um, in regards to Lamar Jackson, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the healthiest team in the AFC North, but yet they are relying on Kenny Pickett. So that's like having an injury of itself. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's all of a sudden anyone's game. And Thompson, if, let, let, let me put this out there, right? So if the I'll ask some yes-no questions here, right? Because I feel like we need to actually move on and talk about the game at some point. But do you think that as long... do, do First of all, do we think that Dorian Thompson-Robinson can be a net contributor, i.e. he's not going to be do what we've asked for the quarterback of the time to do each game, of which is don't lose the turnover bath battle and you know don't don't lose the games ahead like more than half of them seeing nods without actual verbal remember this is a podcast folks audio helps i can't be the only one providing audio he's talking but he's on mute mate it's the schoolboy error i was waiting for him to respond he's on mute that's what that's what's happened damn um I'm not a hundred percent sure whether it's within his nature just to be safe and um, mm. and not try and be a hero. From what I've seen of him, mm. that said, I think he's capable of taking this team to where it needs to. Well, to the playoffs anyway. I just you, think. All right. In that case, yeah. can DTR win half of these games? Yeah, that's think what so. I think we're asking at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's from yeah. both. Yeah. In. If we get into the playoffs, I'm not even talking about a division title here. If we get to the playoffs, is Kevin Stefanski coach of the year? Yeah, for me. Potentially, potentially yes. He's certainly in the conversation. Yeah, because honestly, it would be insane when you consider that Watson's played, what, four games? Five games? And not particularly played well in most of them either. Yeah, and, and yet here we are. Um, so, you know, you've got that going for you as well. And like you said earlier, Sean, you know, the offense has not been firing. So the positivity is definitely there. Um, so yeah, that's how we'll take this going forward. We are a positive podcast. We're called the Believeland Brits for a reason. Uh, and we believe on this podcast, but judging by uh, what we've got here, but also just touching on that news from last night, how big of a blow is that for the Bengals and, and for the Ravens as well? Because I find that Mark Andrews is uh, WR1 in Baltimore and WR2. It was, you know, that's, that's huge. I watched the game in 40. Well, first of all, I just want to touch on that prediction that I made in, in pre-season because we're starting Please. to get a win from that. If I've got <laughs> any magic left in the tank after last season, if this could just be the one prediction I just get right for the rest of my life, that would be greatly appreciated to whatever God is up there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, mate, drinks on you for... Mate, I mean, DTR sorry, drinks, drinks thing, for man. you for flipping all the off-season if that somehow happens. Oh, I would, that would I, just be I'll the be best. Asking for you, I'd be asking for a statue of you to be built outside <laughs> Cleveland Brown Stadium next to DTR. I couldn't care less if I finish bottom pick-ups for the rest of my life, if there's prediction. Oh, comes. absolutely, yeah. Sod that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> To move on to the to the game last night, I thought it was stunning the way that that was played last night. Just I watched the game in forty yesterday uh, this morning, so obviously you get to see every play, and it was just incredible. Like it, the game was so physical. Yeah, obviously didn't really see a replay of Mark Andrews's one, but as soon as that tackle gets made and you see his ankle sort of crumple underneath him, you're like, yeah, oh that look. That looked bad, and then you look. Yeah, you look that's what it was. Number then in the in the you know subsequent subsequent plays, and he's not there, and you're like, oh, that yeah. that's huge for the Ravens. And well, Lamar removed his helmet. Um, you know, he thought it was truly bad, and they yeah. even cut to a commercial break at the time. Okay. I actually stayed up until the end of the third quarter. Um, yeah, so they cut to a pretty long commercial break. He ended up walking off on his own power. 
Um, but Which everyone just seemed to know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean a ton um, that they get to walk off. Obviously, it's a good sign, but it doesn't mean a ton mm. when it comes to like ligament in- injuries. Obviously, no, no, of course not. Um, just that they they expected yeah, it to be yeah. way worse visually. Um, um, it ended up not being, but still a season-ending injury. I think it's it's really lucky on the Ravens' front that they actually drafted Zay Flowers because I think a Zay Flowerless team now without Mark Andrews would be in real, real trouble of not being able to move the ball. Yeah. Um, but that said, what I found even more stunning, and I won't touch on the Burrow news all that much because I think it was pretty obvious last night that he was in a bunch of trouble with... You know, when you've seen him throwing that ball and he just couldn't grip it whatsoever, I thought, yeah, he's he's in a massive amount of trouble. But what what I found the most stunning was the Bengals were 14 points down, I want to say, in the fourth quarter, couldn't move the yeah. ball. You know, they, they were cooked. Like, the Ravens had won the game. Lamar Jackson would hobble onto the field for their offensive drives. And then they would still be calling read read options where he'd be running with a ball and you know on the verge of taking hits and he'd be trying to juke and all of this stuff on a bum ankle and you like I was just watching it in just disbelief to why Harbour would want to send him out there when the game was won, why Jackson would want to keep doing that and putting himself in danger, you know when the game was won, and I think. You know, we we spoke about it at length before the start of the season when we were doing our like uh, AFC North predictions and stuff. Can Lamar Jackson stay healthy for a full season? And you look at that in a week. What are we now? Week ten, week eleven. Yeah. You look at that and you think, mate, that's not subs- that's not sustainable. You can't. It's not sustainable, and it happens to him every year, every single season. And you you look at the same thing with our QB that we were saying. Other people have been saying you can't keep on taking those hits because one of them is going to eventually put him up for the season. Lamar Jackson can't keep doing that every single week, especially when the games are won. So, yeah, watching that game last night gave me even more confidence that the Browns have still got a lot of legs left in this division race. Um, and obviously, we'll 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 have a major glimpse into how how true that is on Sunday with with the game that we've got coming, but. Yeah, I feel pretty confident after yesterday, I've got to be honest. Yeah, and I guess it all comes down to, you know, making sure that this offense can not shoot itself in the foot, essentially, you know, and and with that, I'll move on to Sunday's game. So obviously, um, for those of you who don't know, it's a 6 p.m. kickoff, um, Browns hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, The... Injury report for the Browns has come out. So Goodwin and Fornhill are both out. Those were both expected. Uh, Dewan Jones and Dunn are both questionable. Everybody else is uh, available apart from those who have gone on IR, such as Watson. So um, from the Steelers' side, they have not yet declared, but it looks like Fitzpatrick will still be... Uh, I don't think he's trained today. I don't think he's trained all week. Um, I think the others will be okay by the looks of it. So I'm just taking a look now. Adams hasn't played all week. Don't know if he's played today. Fryermuth, um practiced in full yesterday. Um, Johnson Johnson also practiced in full yesterday. Uh, Haywood looks like he's going to be questionable by the looks of it. I think he's been limited the last couple of days. But, you know, you look at that, so likely they're going to have most of their main guys out. They've been sort of grabbing the the dodgy wins, the the winning ugly, the kind of winning that we're going to now need to look at doing. Sean, I'll come to you because I don't think I've asked you a question for a good five minutes. Um, You know, you, you see that, you see the way things are, you know, are you confident going into it? And what are you looking for most apart from the obvious? Don't want to hear DTR. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the injury report for us is quite healthy, all things considered. You know, obviously, like I said, take yeah. the IR stuff aside. I think Dewan Jones probably plays if he's questionable. I think the next time last week he was ruled out, so I think he probably goes. Um, Dunn's obviously been activated off IR. 
Um, again, if he was not going to be ready, I doubt that they would have reactivated him. So I would imagine that would be your backup depth on the on the line. The line needs to play better than it did last week, particularly that right hand side. You know, James Hudson had quite a few procedural issues, and obviously was decent enough in the run game. I think the commentators called out a number of times that the Browns ran it quite well, particularly to that right-hand side. And that's where James Hudson seems to thrive. I think, to be honest, he's probably better suited as a guard than he is a tackle at the NFL level. Um, that might be something that the Browns look to do in the off-season, obviously see what moves they make. Um, you know, But he certainly struggled in pass protection, so I'd like to see... Jones back. A lot of people were worried week one that it was going to be Jones against TJ Watt, but if I remember rightly, I think TJ Watt made one play and it was almost like in garbage time, to be fair. Yeah, he was hardly a factor whatsoever. Um, so I think from that point of view, you know, the offensive line is obviously going to be even more important. I'm not going to go into detail. We've talked about it, but obviously with a rookie QB, it's going to be even more important. So hopefully there'll be some good news there. Um, I think you'd like to see from the defensive side of it, you know, I think we, we're quite good in terms of our safety depth. So Rodney McLeod will obviously play instead of Thornhill. So I don't think there's going to be too much that you'll notice in terms of production there. McLeod's obviously a savvy bet, knows the system, has played well when he's been on the field. Um, yeah, let's face it, the Steelers' deep ball game's hardly the biggest concern in the world either. Um, you know, so realistically, you know, if you're going to have an injury, that's probably the position you'd want it this week. Um, you know, but everybody else seemingly good. Good to see the Denzel Ward's not got any designation whatsoever after last week, I don't believe. Um, obviously, went out the game, but it seems as though he's going to be fine. Um, you know, so fingers crossed from an injury point of view. <laughs> We're as healthy as we're going to be. We've touched on all of the, the sort of mega injuries that we've had. But obviously, if you sort of exclude those from the sort of conversation now, because you just have to accept that that's been gone and we've got to move on to next man up. In terms of next man up, we're not doing too bad from a health standpoint. So, offensive line, shore it up. Like I say, I certainly want to see that right-hand side better protected than last week. Um, and like I say, in terms of the, the defensive backfield, I'm, I'm not with too many concerns. Yeah. No, that's that's a de de that was definitely something last week. I think obviously the Ravens' uh, defense line has been well coveted this year, which is why you know when you've not got either of your tackles. I mean, I know that I was worried going into last week. I've, you've got that same concern uh, this week as well. Um, but if they can stand up as they did last week and cut out the procedural stuff, you know, got a good ch chance there. Oh, Wine, have you got? Anything in particular you want to raise for people to look out for this Sunday? Not really. I mean, apart from obviously the obvious um, offensive yeah. stuff, I think on offense, I think what's vital for us going forward in these next, you know, well, from now until the end of the season is we continue to see a lot of yards after catch. Um, mm. I think yeah. obviously we saw a bunch of it in the second half last week. And if you look back at the game last week, although Watson goes 14 for 14 and there's a couple of couple of really nice throws in there. Obviously, that second down and 19 springs to mind. But, you know, a lot of the air yards last week come from, from you know, Najoku making plays after the catch, Elijah Moore making a little play after the catch, you know, a lot of yards after the catch. And I think, you know, you see that becoming a trend around the NFL now that a lot of teams can do that. It's something that I wanted them to add. Um, more to in the off season this season, um, and I think obviously it's vital that we have a lot more of that with DTR as LQB. We're going to be relying a lot more on shorter throws, screen passes, stuff of that nature. We're going to be relying on DTR to obviously extend plays with his legs. When you know, instead of just in that Ravens game, I think when stuff was not open, it was still thrown. Whereas we're going to need him to just tuck the ball away and see what he can do with his legs. And, you know, if you watch his, his highlights from college or even, you know, a lot of his snaps in preseason is something that he's definitely got in his locker. So we're going to need to make bigger plays, you know, from the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we, we've got players capable of doing that. So um, hopefully we continue to see that trend on, on Saturday, uh, Sunday. Hopefully, Stefanski can scheme a lot of a lot of stuff open like he did in that um, Seahawks game in particular, where there was like four elaborate screen passes in a row. 
you know, I think yeah. we're going to need to see a lot more of that going forward. And I just, I've just got a funny, just that that weird feeling that the things may be okay. So um, you've had this weird, warm optimism, like hmm. ever since the day I've, you know, what I've kind of felt it as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know I don't know where... what it is. Like, I, well, I'm trying to put this kind of. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Let's be honest. Like, although this last two years in particular have been some of the maddest two years and news stories and events that have happened, like for us to endure as Browns fans, it's been a mad couple of years. But it just feels like this is what Browns fandom is, isn't it? Is is these massive, massive things happening to us all the time and. You know, I just think, like, even if I didn't feel good about DTR as a player, I just think, like, at some point, things have got to return to a bit of normalcy for, for us as Browns fans. And also, you look at the team that we're playing, for them as well. Like, at yeah. some point, they're going to have some bad luck going their way. They're going to have some calls that I don't know if everyone's seen it, but there's a pass that quite clearly goes backwards in their game against Green Bay last oh, year, yes. which gets returned for a touchdown for Green Bay. And literally everyone in the whole world can see it's gone backwards apart from the refs who, who give it as incomplete. And that's that's the difference between them winning and losing. So you look at those those type things and you think at some point the Steelers' luck's just got to run out. And yeah, I just feel like it's it may be this week, you know, it, it may be this week. Well, the Steelers so far this season, all of their wins have been one-score games. All of their losses have been by at least double digits. So, so they are the Vikings. Well, essentially, yeah. That's that's like I just said. It's fine margins with them, isn't it? They seem to just about make enough plays. I think, yeah, you know, the most points they've scored in a game this year is the twenty-six that they got on Monday Night Football against the Browns, of which fourteen were given to them by the Browns' offense. So, yeah, they don't score a lot of points. You know, Kenny Pickett has been woeful. Let's call it out for what it is. He's been absolutely dreadful. Outside of George Pickens, there's not been an awful lot. And Pickens relies on a big play here and there. He's not certainly been consistent. You know, he's not he's not doing what Amari Cooper's doing. Let's put it that way. You know, Amari Cooper's catching six, seven balls every game, um, despite being the focal point of the offense and defense. He's sort of you know scheming around him. They've never run the ball in the last three or four years. Najee Harris is dreadful, you know. So the offensive production is just way, way down for the Steelers. They've won the game on defense, and I think the Browns will learn from what happened in that first week. In, in, well, that first encounter in week two, as it was. I don't think they'll make the same kind of mistakes that they made. You know, for God's sake, could we please have a game against one of these opponents without a pick six on the first passing play of the game? That would be really nice if we could, you know, just not get ourselves into a seven-point deficit. Um, you know, but I, I don't know, call it blind optimism. I'm actually predicting a relatively comfortable win for the Browns this weekend. I don't know why. I just, I think that the way that they won that game against Baltimore will give them such a boost. I didn't touch too much on last night's game, but I think it was probably... It was a difficult one last night to know who to root for, to be honest, because in terms of winning the division... It was a win-win win either way. To... Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, I, I don't want to get into the whole, you know, the injuries ended up being great for the Browns. There's a bit of karma going around because obviously plenty of fans were yeah. jumping up and down on Wednesday. So, you know, ultimately, you know, these things happen, unfortunately. But, you yes. know, I think if the Browns can win, I've seen the stat today, it we're 83% likely to make the playoffs if we win on Sunday, right? Now, ultimately, once you're in, who knows what happens. Anything can the, happen. year that we, the year that we got in, everybody expected that we'd be very quickly out. We obviously went on the road. We won. You could argue we were the better team in Kansas City on the day and with a different break yep. of the ball and a refereeing call here and there. That yep. could have ended very differently. And then who knows what happens from there. So you've just got to get to the dance. And I think if the Browns can get a win on Sunday, you're kind of looking at the rest of the schedule and thinking, well, if we're seven and three, we probably only need maybe three more wins to almost be guaranteed a wild card. Ten and seven likely gets you in. You know, everybody seems to be 
in and around 500 in the chasing pack. You know, you've got the Jets that are 4-5 and five or 5-5, five and five, the Broncos, the Bills, the Bengals. They're all a couple of games back, potentially, on the Browns if they take care of business this weekend. So I think it's a huge, huge game. Um, you know, and fingers crossed. I mean, like I said, I did touch it. I think Cincinnati are done for the year. Right? And I think, to be honest, Joe Burrow's injury is almost a bit of a white elephant in the room. They've been crap when he mm. played anyway. Right. Yeah. They're ranked in the bottom 10 on offence. They're ranked 31st on defence. They just haven't played well this year. It happens. Everybody expected they'd win the division, but they just haven't. They haven't been good enough. Simple as that. Um, you know, this will probably be used now as a bit of an excuse as to why it's all fell apart. But the reality is that they weren't doing very well when he was on the field anyway. So, <laughs> Hey, that think... works for us. Well, exactly. But yeah, take care of business this weekend. It's a game that we should win. I think the Cleveland Browns know that they're a better side than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they know that from week two. And I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if anything's been announced. I'd get Nick Chubb out there pre-game smashing the guitar. I'd, you know, I'd do all of that kind of stuff. unfortunately unable to. It was called Is for it? and um, TJ even um, put out something to say, look, we've been asked like by hundreds if not thousands of people we've thought about it but he's not in a position to be able to I think it's just because he's just had surgery he's just had his second surgery so I literally have to wheel him out I think they should save it you know I think there's plenty of stuff um, like that that they could do Sunday obviously with Jim Donovan being yeah I mean that was a great feel good story thing with Jim Donovan Um, I'd give it to Jim yeah yeah. Give it to give it to Jim to do it on Sunday. Save Nick Chubb for a few weeks, and the next time they're home or the next big game that they have, I I don't care whether they do it with Watson. I'll be honest, uh, but um, just the more <laughs> the more of them you can stack, just shove Jack Conklin out there at some point. Um, <laughs> but no, I just it's going to feel like a poison chalice though at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just get all the IR out there. So like we're paying you get up there. Um, I just want to pick up on a couple of, of points that Sean made there. Like, just to start off, obviously the Steelers and the Vikings comparison was quite interesting because we saw obviously them being on the right side of a lot of one-score games, and you you always know that that's going to revert back the other way at some point, which it did with the Vikings. But the one, the big difference you could say with those two teams, at least the Vikings, you know, were able to put up a bunch of points. The Steelers aren't like I think the Steelers out of all the all the teams with a winning record this season are a dead last in something like air yards, total yards, yeah. point differential, offensive efficiency, yeah. all of it, loads yeah. of different things that is just not sustainable for winning. Obviously, we keep saying that every week. Me and Sean said it yeah. the other day. They we, take they, they just take their chances. Week. They take momentum and they, and they swing it. Yeah, they do. Um, and the other thing that Sean mentioned was the, the year that we got to the playoffs. And I think that's really apt to mention because, you know, we all we all remember that that win against the Steelers. But I don't think we quite remember the week before. Hmm. Obviously, we lose Kevin Stefanski. He's got COVID. We, I think we lost a couple of players as well with COVID. We did. Oh, yeah. Tony we lost, one of we lost four guys, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. But, you know, if if you're going to make any comparison with the sort of adversity the team has gone through this week and this season, and then compare that to you know previous seasons where they've sort of come through the other side of it, that's a perfect, perfect example. And the one thing they didn't have that day was the Browns fans on their side as well, which is mm. obviously going to make a huge difference as well. So, although there's been a huge amount of adversity for them this week and this season. There's so much going for them Sunday as well. And, you know, it would just be amazing to go out and see them just batter the Steelers, wouldn't it? It would be so nice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what a tonic that would be, you know. And then and then you're riding the wave of optimism again. And this time with, uh, you know, less that can get you down as well because you'd be able to start thinking, right, this is our blueprint going forward. You know, and also then you are truly tied with uh the ravens for um you know for the for the division i know that they'd still have the extra win in the column but you know the the division tally would uh would match up which is what also obviously sean mentioned that 
you probably need three wins from there. You know, ten or seven gets you in. You go away to the Broncos. That's going to be a tough game. But you you, you think with our defense and you know that Broncos can struggle massively on offense at times. The Browns will be in that game, I think. Then they mm. go to the Rams, which have been really hit or miss this season. I think it's fair to say yeah. the Rams, but again, a winnable game. And hit by their own QB concerns. Yeah. The Jaguars, I would expect us to lose that game in in the yeah. in you know a perfect no Sean. <laughs> Sean Sean's shaking his head. He's I just thinking think, about I think when uh, you come up against week. those top you come up against those top level quarterbacks. No, Lawrence hasn't been amazing all season, but I would put him, you know, towards the upper echelon of of QBs in the game. I just think, yeah, top thirty. You know, we could we could go through these games and go right. The Browns win, Browns win, but realistically, we're going to lose. <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm just sort of riding the roller coaster. <laughs> I'm like you. I've got the Jags down as a loss. Yeah. Um, I've got the. Then you still you still got the Bears loss. to go. You still yeah. got the Bears to go, which you should take care of comfortably, no matter who's a QB. Texans, yeah. I would have as a loss again because of how how Stroud's playing this season. But then you look at those last two games. I don't care who Rogers' doctor is. I don't care what surgeries had done. These rumours that he's going to go back and play after an Achilles injury this season is absolute bollocks, in my opinion. It's not happening. I that's don't a, care. That's a man that's had to go through an Achilles injury. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. I do not care. It ain't happening. And even if it does, he's putting himself in massive, massive danger of one tackle, one little rollout, and he's in massive trouble. So I reckon that's Absolutely. a Zach Wilson-led Jets. Absolutely. But by the same by the same token, I'd find it super interesting if he does. Like, what a win for science that would be. Like, just take take, take the team out of it. Take Rogers out of it. All the rest of it. Like, if if that ends up being viable, yeah, that's flipping awesome. And Achilles, you're back in the same season. Are you kidding me? Like, Je- like take Jets, take, Jets take all the emotion out of it. I just, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what he's. I think to be honest, in a cynical way, I think that's what he he's half hoping for. I think so he doesn't have to come out for the Jets to be already out by then, and then he can say. Yeah, if we were still in it, I was back. But because we're yeah. not, we're not going to bother risking it. And he's just yeah. doing that classic Aaron Rodgers thing of getting everyone to speak about him like a god. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be Zach Wilson. And then you've got Brown in to play at home. Is it? Is it at home? No, it's yeah. Away. Yeah, it's at the Bengals. I know it's away. No, that's right. It's away. It's... Um, but you've got Brown in to play against the Bengals on the final game of the season. So. You're looking for three wins, and you could, you could, you could probably say that you're going to have a chance to win five as long as DTR is not horrific. And even if he is horrific, I don't think he sees out the rest of the season anyway. I think they'll go to PJ Walker, go to Joe Flacco, or whatever, just to to be comfortable. But I think you could be in and in with a chance of winning five games from now into the end of the season, and. You're gonna, you're gonna in the whole thing, the whole division. You, I don't count it out. No, you're going to be in every game with this defense. That's what we talked about the other night. Is that you were going to be in every game? You know, even when we've been down big in games, we were down multiple scores multiple times last weekend, and you just know that you're still going to get opportunities for your offense to possess the ball to try and get some points on the board. Yeah, oh, if we play the Jaguars tomorrow, I'm convinced we beat them handily. I think they've been really, really poor on offense in particular. Um, they were absolutely smashed last week by the 49ers. Um, it's very much what have you done for me lately, League. If DTR goes out this week, throws 300 yards, three touchdowns, runs another one in and, and looks like he did in pre-season, then all of a sudden everybody will be on the bandwagon. So, you know, I fully expect that the Browns will, will take care of business this weekend and then I think a lot of people will be a lot more comfortable than they have been the last couple of days. But I think there's enough in this team. Care to proffer a score? That's pretty much all we got to do now. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Bruins 27, the Steelers 10. 21 14 Bruins. I've got something like 20 to 16 Browns in my head. A lot of field goals going on. 
Oh, not, by not the way, field goals, I, I forgot. I forgot to put it in last week, but um, oh, I've, I've blanked on his name. What's our kicker? Oh, that's a terrible. Oh, Justin, Justin Hopkins. Hopkins. Hopkins, sorry, his his over under went back down to five point five last week, and I forgot to put it in. I forgot to put it on. Um, but that's something to watch out for this week to see what his over under is because. Anything under six, and I'm smashing it every time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm expecting field goals galore, gents, honestly, because all that he would have to do is get it to the 35 DTR. That, you know, if you can get it to the 35, and, you know, it's not even a case of just trusting DTR then. You know, you've got your running game that you can lean on, like you say, you've got your, your guards have to catch and all the rest of it. And... You know, they've not got Fitzpatrick. He's now officially confirmed out. Okay. Um, Neil and Adams are the other two that are out. And Fryermuth, obviously, on the other side of the ball is um, questionable. He's practiced for the last couple of days, but he's questionable. So, you know, you look at that, you know, and you look at what's being asked of you, you know, you'd say there's a good chance there. So, uh, yeah. Turns out that we're super. I was expecting a really pessimistic pod on Wednesday, and look at us now. This is probably the most po- positive podcast that we've had in a long time. And hey, it's with the three of us here. We're going to call it there, gents. Uh, nice 51 minutes of time there, maybe just a tad under when you take away my uh, my twilight zoning at the start. But thanks for humoring me, and thanks everyone for sticking with it throughout. Um, we'll be back. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at worst. Hopefully Happy Sunday. Days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be back to review. Hopefully, of a positive performance. Um, if it's anything like what uh, these two have described, it will be a fantastic show. So um, stick around for that. Six PM start. Steelers week. I mean, we haven't really been able to even think about it as rivalry week. We've been too concerned. But Steelers week, big week, massive for the AFC North. And let's go and enjoy it. Go Browns.